guys, welcome back to another week of Autastic, Comedian's Guide to Autism. This is episode 200 and something unbelievable. My name is Kirk Smith, and there's two hosts here. I'm Graham Kay, the other host. Uh, I've got an autistic brother, and Kirk has an autistic son, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we think. Um, We're pretty sure. He's yeah. got that weird little... His, it's funny how your kids get the same little defects. He's got the weird little uh, curled-in little small toes like I've got that his mom did not have. <laughs> it's episode 204. That sounds or, possible. It's actually technically 205, but uh, we had a misnumbering issue a little <laughs> while back, thanks to you. Um, uh, let's not bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> thanks to which one of us, who cares? Let's not assign blame. <laughs> Whenever someone goes, let's not assign blame, it's clearly their yeah. fault. <laughs> Whose fault was it? Let's not focus on yeah. that. Yeah, it's my fault. We had our big 200 episode, and yeah. we posted it, and then there was like one that was posted. Right we posted out of order. I posted out of order. Yeah. It was my fault. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Nobody uh, cares. Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of people listen to these. In bursts. That's what they message they tell me. Four or five at a time. Mm-hmm. So. 205. 200 was in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you got a little early, a little later than you should have. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, how's JJ doing? I, you, you just, this is the first time um, I've ever seen you on a phone call with him. I just witnessed your, your daily FaceTime with him. We try to have this daily FaceTime. Lately, it's been a real struggle because there's been some changes in staff. And Kirk's son lives in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And we've had some, uh, and it's the call is probably not as much of a priority for them as it is for me. It makes me very sad, but at the same time, feel good if that's at all possible. And we've talked about this before, but I have a really hard time expressing my emotions. I feel things very strongly, but then narrowing down what do I feel has always been a challenge for me. So like that one, I would say, I was telling you off air that that made me feel kind of sad because I'm not there, but at the same time, good that I got to see him. I got to talk to him. He looks okay. He looks the same. He, uh, Graham kind of peeked over my shoulder here and he's, uh, it's hard to get him to wear clothes. It's a, it's a mat of chest hair and I go, Oh, nice hair. And he, Lowers his little head to show me the hair on his head. And I was like, yeah, not that hair, buddy. I think he might have been looking at his chest hair. Oh, maybe no? he's looking at his chest hair. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's looking at his chest hair. He's got more than I do. He looks like a little Turkish man, yeah. Yeah, it looks like if you go to like a, a Turkish bath and mm-hmm. there's a man in a towel in the mm-hmm. sauna. He's a big boy. Yeah. And uh, every call ends with me being like, hold on one minute. Just give me one minute. Don't walk away. One second. Hold on. Probably like most calls end with every 20-year-old. But uh, no, he's 21, 21-year-old. He's not interested in old dad, so uh, it's, it's me trying to... I think that's part of the thing, too. The, the caregivers are probably like, what's the point? He's not interested in doing it. <laughs> he sits there for 30 seconds, give you a wave, and then be like, cool, and that's it, and he checks out. But uh, but I think it must be good for his therapy to make eye, like to like, see his dad and And I just talk. think it's good for continuity. Like, yeah. He doesn't, so he feels like, oh, yeah, this guy. And so then when I come, it's like, yeah, this guy I talk to every day on the phone. Yeah. And the guy who brings me my favorite cereals. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I bring him a bunch of sugary American cereals that uh, he doesn't get to have in Sweden. All of his clothes, computer, phone, just the basics, the basics. But uh, he, he's doing good. He's doing good. That's where, that's where I'm at with that. Boy, that really leaves me like a little feeling a little melancholy. But uh, how about you? How you doing, buddy? Because he's not here? Because I'm not there. Right. And you're this going there in two weeks? Yeah, this is a tough season, though. You know this, but new, people, listeners might not know this, but 
in New York City, the holiday season is the busy time in New York. There's a lot of shows. There's a lot of opportunity to make money. Like January and February, there's no show. <laughs> there's no tour, not as many tourists. So it's like, yeah, this is this is the time to make hay while there's hay is making. What's the expression? I don't know. Make hay while the sun's out. I'm not a farmer. <laughs> We were just saying off air that I look like a unsuccessful farmer. I, I'm gonna, I, I took a picture of uh, you on the phone with your son, and I, I'll post it on Facebook right after this. I know we always say we will. We never do, but I will this time. <laughs> and uh, Sometimes we do. And uh, you, I, I took it because you're genuinely happy because you're talking to your son, but also you, you look like a farmer. It's bad. And um, I think people need to see that this hayseed that has showed up at my house. <laughs> Listen, the almanac said it wasn't going to rain, and here it is raining. Yeah, <laughs> those things are good. The almanac? Yeah, I'm they, not sure I understand what it is. I think they used to work, and now there's there's global warming, and the farmers are like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Now they use Google. Yeah. Um, well, we uh, we we uh, we usually do a weekend for both of us. Any, any news? Any news in the old? Uh... No, same old with Peter. Yeah. Um, you know. Christmas is coming up. He's very excited. Um, I bought him all his toys. All going his back in a few weeks, right? Or a few? I'm weeks, going back week. uh, in a week. Yeah, and I bought him, uh, bought him, a, bought him all his presents. I bought him. I finally paid for everyone. Uh, Boom! All of them. Like, like I know, I know normally buy all, get all the things on his list. That's all your credit cards maxed out. It's Peter's Star Wars stuff. Yeah, my credit card bill <laughs> is a little high, scary high this week. I don't know what. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm dating guys. It's expensive. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> dating guys is expensive. Dating girls is expensive. Just dating in general is very Oh, that's expensive. funny. There's a comma there. I'm dating <laughs> guys. It's expensive. Well, I'm not judging you. You said it. I was just listening. Was I feel like listening. dating guys would be cheaper. Yeah, it's got to be Dutch. Yeah. It's got to be Dutch. They would want to pay half the time, I would assume. No, I don't know if anybody wants to pay, but that's only fair, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to date. Yeah. I paid for basketball. You play for the movies. I'll have to ask my gay friends. I don't know. Um, usually we do a week in review. We got a couple. Of, we got at least one good one. Uh, do you? Uh, what do you? What do you think? You have any preference? What we do first, bud? Well, let's uh, let's do the happy one first. Okay. You want to read this one? Or me to read it. I'll read it. Teen with autism speaks for the first time after seeing neighbor's Christmas light display. That's fun, right? A little pick-me-up? Yeah. A Florida mother who took her 13-year-old daughter to see their neighbor's Christmas lights had no idea that the festive display would have such a large impact on the teenager who has autism. Since Catherine de Jesus was diagnosed with autism as a three-year-old, she hasn't spoken more than two words her mother, um, Mary Isabel Figueroa, told today. Then that all changed on Saturday when Figueroa took her daughter to their neighbor Dan Weaver's driveway, a visit they've made, they've made daily to see the elaborate Christmas light display he, was, uh, he set up on his front lawn since 2007. She got up from the chair and started singing. Figaro recalled to the outlet, she said, Mom, look at the blue lights. Look at the snowman. Santa co- Santa's coming. I started crying. I couldn't believe it. That's crazy, right? Um, the incredible moment was something Figueroa had waited 10 years to witness after learning of her daughter's diagnosis when she was a toddler. The neurologist who saw Caitlin said she was going to be nonverbal for all of her life. Figueroa, a single mom who lives in Mulberry, um, I don't know where that is, and works as a manager at a local McDonald's, explained to today, I refused to accept that. Right? 
It goes back to one of our current themes, right? Parents, yep. don't ever accept diagnosis. Keep pushing. Uh, you never know what your kids are capable of. A couple years ago, uh, old Kirky's son couldn't say say a word, and now he's like typing things he's out. Typing. Still not talking, but he's typing. Typing is yeah. a big thing. But he was saying a couple things on the phone call just now. The problem with the way he speaks is it's unintelligible, right? It's kind of like the problem with the way he speaks is it's unintelligible. It's like you heard it, right? Some of the stuff you think you can make out, and some of the stuff you're like, I, th- I mean, I'm hearing sounds, but it's hard to make out exactly what he's saying. Yeah. Because it's a constant stream of uh, chit-chat. Yeah. There's some words there, I think. I think so, too. Yeah, I think we just need to decode them, you know. Um, over the Let's continue. Over the years, Figueroa said Caitlin would speak with visual prompts, but remained primarily nonverbal. Even when the mother-daughter duo would make daily trips to Weaver's driveway to see the musical uh, 200,000 light display. Um, Our usual routine is to go after six when it gets dark, Figueroa told the outlet. Mr. Weaver puts down a special chair just for Caitlin, and she sits there dancing and tapping her feet. That's really cute. But this weekend, Figueroa, as well as Weaver and the rest of the neighbors, were in for a true Christmas miracle when Caitlin began to verbally express her excitement over the festive lights. It was the first time she ever talked, Weaver told today, in disbelief. Um, This woman came over to, to me and goes, I've never heard Caitlin speak, Figueroa added. I was like, well, I'm her mom, and I've I've never heard her speak unprompted like that. (laughs) Though she said her daughter is a bit isolated and quiet, Figueroa explained that her neighbor's holiday decorations bring out a completely different side of the teen. At Mr. Weaver's house, she comes to life. She's like this whole new entity, Figueroa revealed. If only Christmas could be around all year. I'm still crying about it, the proud mom added. That's cute. That's and that is uh, on people dot com, guys. But it was also on Fox News on like ten outlets. So mm-hmm. uh, if you sent this to us, thank you for sending it. We get your messages and we appreciate it. You know what this reminds me of? I played basketball with uh, everything goes back to basketball with this guy who in college was like six eight, mm-hmm. and he was the brother in law. Of Merton Hanks, who used to do the safety for the, the free safety for the 49ers, was okay. an all pro. He used to do that chicken dance. Uh-huh. Long time ago, I just remember that chicken dance back when the Niners were great. Uh-huh. Anyhow, his sister, who was Merton Hanks' wife, and we were all kind of friends because my wife used to help nanny for Merton Hanks' kids who had autism. So let me start the story over. I play basketball with this guy. And this guy's sister's like, hey, I have a couple kids. One of them has autism. This is before we had kids. And we didn't know what autism was, but it was like one of them has, is uh, disabled. And, and uh, you could help with it. was like at the time of speech therapy, but they didn't call it that. They just called it like you could help with this program. Mm-hmm. And so my wife started helping with that. That was before either of my kids were born. And Mer- uh, so the guy I played basketball with, when his sister described him, the sister who we worked for, was like, Ross didn't speak till he was like 10. And one day he came home and said, hey, nobody thinks I can talk, but I can talk. That was Whoa. his first sentence was nobody thinks I can talk. And they don't know what they're talking about. I can talk. Which is like, huh? <laughs> Holy Which crow. Is the, weirdest, the weirdest first sentence ever. I forget the age. He was either eight or ten, but he was like, and he was like six nine. He was a big man, so like he was already when he was like eight or ten. I forgot what she told me. He was already four foot something. He's a big. He yeah. was big. He was a big man. He was like, 
Because when I played ball with him, he's like six eight, six nine. And could he talk when you was he normal when you played ball with him? Like he yes, sort of he verbal? wasn't. A, he wasn't. He was verbal, but he wasn't like eloquent. He wasn't like he was a man of very few words. Yeah, but yeah, he could talk. And he went to school and got his degree. And oh, okay. Yeah, he runs a. Um, I kind of keep in touch with him a little bit. He runs a some sort of carpet cleaning business. Some sort of business like carpets and floors and something else. Yeah, they clean like That's a cleaning. That's not easy business. to do. Yeah, it's a and he supports himself. Supports himself. He's got a wife, two kids. Yeah. Met this girl in school, and they're still together. It's great. He didn't speak till he was like eight or nine. Yeah, and his first sentence was, the first sentence that cracks me up was, uh, he's got, everybody says, I can't talk, and I can talk. I don't know what they're talking about. Something like that, like two or three sentences, which were like, everybody thinks I can't talk. They're idiots. Of course I can talk. But everybody's like, well, that's the, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) That's a true story. So I guess the brain's always developing up until you're 24. You yeah, can, that's what they say. You can still, it gets changing, changing, moving around and changing. I think, it's, I think I mean, we've talked about this before, but I think. You, you can know, still push it after that. Yeah, we're still reach at the beginnings heights. of this. I yeah. don't think anybody knows. But they, yeah, but I think your frontal lobe or something. I don't know. You're right. You're right about that. But I feel like it's almost like the thing where they say, if you want to learn the piano, you should learn it before you're 19 or 20. Or, yeah. yeah. But I, I think it's just, it's easier when you're younger, but. I mean, I've learned to play the piano now. You can learn. I mean, if you want to, I'll never be a classically trained pianist. You've learned to play the piano now? Yeah, I'm sorry, because on these cruises, I have so much downtime. I'll play you a song next time. Who who teaches you these things? There's a piano guy on board, the piano guy, and I used to talk to him before, you know, like the first day. Hey, how you doing? Can you mind if I, and then he's like, yeah, what are you working on? And he'll give me some tips, and then we'll record it, and then I'll try to reproduce it. Because you have, you know how it works on these cruises, you have time. Yeah. Like two to eight, I'm free. Wow. You go to the gym for an hour. You go to the yoga for an hour. Okay. So you have five hours. So it's like regular life here. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, here I got to ride the bus for two or three hours. I'm skipping the bus part. <laughs> but I think you can learn. Yeah. No, it's good for your brain to keep learning That's things. That's what I think. It's good for people without autism. I mean, I, I, would, I have a guitar that I have been trying to thinking about learning to play for 15 years and i think i'm going to finally do it this year because it'll help me with other parts of my life that's what i feel like yeah yeah i'm not i'm not doing it for my act i yeah. don't think i want to do it my act i just want to learn just for fun oh i would hate it if you became a piano comic. oh you'd love it you'd come to every show oh god you'd stand in the back you'd have my name scribbled on your chest rip off your shirt kirk smith the hayseed play us another tune the worst comedy in the world um <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine or piano comedy both okay. both <laughs> both um try to think of a good piano comic uh owen benjamin yeah he lost his mind didn't he was he a piano comic yeah that big giant guy a little bit oh whatever anyway why don't you read the next article this is in the guardian we get a lot of uk articles which is the fancy uk newspaper Autistic people are not su- all superheroes, but we're not all tragic either. This is by Ellen Jones. With the return of, uh, of Netflix's atypical for its third season, the increasingly huge public profiles of neurodiverse figures such as Greta Thunberg, it seems that autism has never been talked about more in the mainstream media. And yet, depictions of autism frequently fail those of us who it claims to represent with dire consequences for autistic people. There are two mainstream narratives surrounding autism. It's either 
a blessing or a curse. Either you're gifted with savant-like traits, think Rain Man, and excel in areas such as mathematics, or your autism is the reason you are isolated, alone, and miserable. And we all know this. Like all, all of us listening to this podcast have, you know, people go, what? if you tell the per- you know, somebody that your loved one has autism, nine times out of ten they go, well, are they really good at math? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what bugs me. Yeah. That one really bugs me. I think it just, I think it bugs me so much because it just hits close to home. It's like not even close. Not even close. Unless the math is JJ minus pants equals naked. <laughs> yeah, that kind of. Anyway, here we go. Uh, when Greta Thunberg, Thunberg called out ableist bullying and challenged assumptions, even she resorted to the quote unquote superpower stereotype. In the case of media coverage, these two extremes and expectations are sometimes quite literally presented as a dichotomy. With Forbes running such headlines as, is Greta Thunberg disabled, quote-unquote, or a superhero? What if it's neither or both? The disability rights movement is founded on the principle of nothing about us without us, so it's difficult to see how representation of autism could ever be positive when they are rarely involved or even consulted. Autistic people being constrained by the expectations and judgment of neurotypical people because we are so rarely the ones given the space to talk about autism. Okay, we've talked about this before. I see this this author's point, this lady's point, but sometimes people are unable to speak about their autism, and uh, I feel like your brother's an example, and my son is for sure an example, and you got to give voice to the voiceless. Mm-hmm. And you know, we covered that other article where just because you have autism doesn't mean you know more about my son who has autism just because you both have autism. That's like saying we both have brown hair, so we're connected. No, I mean, the family's going to know more than you would know just because you have the same condition. Anyway, I suspect this is partly due to the belief that autistic people and disabled people more broadly cannot speak for themselves. Seldom are autistic people part of the creative teams developing storylines for autism. I think she's pitching herself for this. uh, She wants to be part of Atypical. Indeed, there was a huge problem with Atypical in its first season. None of the writers, directors, or producers was autistic. This resulted in uh, perpetuation of many stereotypes that the community has spoken out against. We're seeing mainstream media is not a true reflection of autism. Instead, we're seeing that neurotypical think autism is. I'm going to jump forward. Disability has a two percent. Uh, disability has a two percent representation rate in popular media, and of that tiny figure, only five percent of disabled people are played by disabled actors. The idea that this is adequate to represent one of the world's largest. Marginalized groups is absurd. I don't know if I think that's absurd. I don't think it's absurd either. I think that's silly. I don't agree with that at all. There's my son can't write. He can't. So he's yeah. never going to get a writing job. Yeah. So somebody has to write for him. Yeah, and and he they said he, only two percent. There's only two percent content about people of people with disabilities. Well, how? What's the percentage of people with disabilities? About that. About that. So it's art is reflecting life is what it is, and the best creators aren't necessarily the best how do i explain this the best shows about teenage angst aren't written about teenagers written by teenagers you mean they are not written by teenagers they're written by older people that look back and have the experience and the knowledge and the ability to write people have yeah writing is being able to put yourself in different bodies putting put yourself in different experiences and and it's more than just having the experience you have to be able to verbalize it or convey yes. it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think this, that's, I mean. Uh, but I think it's interesting to read what's out there. Um, I'm going to jump ahead and we'll get to the bottom of this. 
Mm, autistic people ought to be the ones leading the conversation surrounding the autism. More importantly, align people. Uh, sorry. Uh, people need to listen and create space in which we can do this. However, that require an acknowledgement that no amount of well-intentioned speak on behalf of autistic people will do anything other than ableist. I don't agree. Um, I agree with the headline. Well, I, I don't agree with the, the, this article, but I think it's important to acknowledge the articles are being out there and to provide a counterpoint to some of the things that are being portrayed that, in my opinion, are not true. <laughs> 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 I would love for JJ to tell his story and maybe... At this rate, you know, shoot, who knows? Maybe in 15, 20 years, he will have the ability to convey feelings and, uh, and express and, uh, and, uh, um, and articulate a nuanced and revelatory story about his life and his experience, which would be incredibly interesting. He's lived in four continents and a bunch of countries. And, but uh, at this stage, that's not a possibility. And um, somebody has to have a voice for him. Otherwise, it's, it's, he's voiceless. Mm. He, well, I, 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 for sure. But, uh, and one thing I will say is they needed to have on the good doctor some sort of cons- consulting. I am surprised there's no consultant on that. Yeah. I mean, you don't need a specific writer with autism or something like that. But you need... But I've seen a few episodes. It's clear that they've researched it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if they're researching it through medical journals or through Wikipedia or what, but they're some of the stuff rings true. Mm-hmm. I've watched a couple episodes too. I mean, we we, we we like to keep tabs on all these shows that they talk about autism, and it's it's just to see if any of them are egregious. And when it first came out, you and I both w- yeah we watched, talked about this. We yeah. talked about this, and we were like, that's fine. There's nothing my bad. Biggest, my biggest problem with that is it perpetuates a different myth. Which is this whole, it's, okay, and I get why they do it. It's much more interesting television to cover, you know. The genius. The genius yes. than my son opening boxes of cereal. Like, what's the show there of my son? It's yes. Like, it's, a t- it's a much harder show to it's write. Still t- and it's still doing a job of taking, taking away some stigma. I agree. I don't think it's doing any harm. I don't yeah. agree with this author that it's like it's doing a myth. I, in fact, the opposite. I feel like 100 years ago, there's no, not only is there no show, like people, because they would have been they, a, that 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 character in real life would have would have been in a mental institution, right? Been sent away, and nobody's yeah. like, "Oh, those people don't exist." Yeah, because they're in a farm in Philly, yeah, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and so you don't get to see them. Yeah, in jail, basically. Basically, so at least people go, "Well, maybe somebody with autism has the ability to become a doctor, or well, at the very least, be a janitor." You know, like people watch the Good Doctor and go, and then they go see my brother, and they go, "Well, he could probably be a janitor at least." Right. You know, it's not the worst press. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I strongly disagree with this lady. Yeah. I, anyway, um, did we do it? Another episode? Uh, yes. What's going on with you, Graham? What's, uh, what's, what's on your... What's your, what's your I head? am going back to Ottawa next week. Uh, I'll be there um, doing three shows in a row in Ottawa at breweries. Uh, the, the 20th, 21st, 22nd. So if you are... Uh, a listener in Eastern Ontario, in Ottawa, Montreal. Come on down. Come see my shows. Um, you know, come up to me after the show. Say you listen to the podcast. I love, love meeting you guys. Um, 
Yeah, and if you want uh, uh, information on the tickets, uh, follow me on Instagram. I'll be posting them on Facebook, too. I'm at Instagram K, and uh, my Facebook is uh, Graham K Comedy, I believe, or Comedian. You'll find me. And, um, yeah, that's it. As always, guys, send us your notes. I'm curious what you guys think. So uh, I, I am obviously very opinionated because I'm connected to this like a lot of us. But uh, you, you have access to the article. It's there for you to look up. It's, on, it's in The Guardian. You have the title. Let us know what you think, if you think uh, this lady's right on. And uh, the one thing I would add, sorry, I, I'm digressing back to this, but uh, it's just like I said with the podcast, when people go, why don't people with autism have podcasts? You can start a podcast today. Same with the TV thing. You can pitch a TV show, write yep. it out, and send it in. Yeah. It's not, I don't, they're not like excluding people with autism. It's not like a box of a check. Do you have autism? Yes, then don't, don't submit. You can submit. So I, I would say if you are neuro, not neurotypical on the spectrum and you would like to submit, submit. The fact that, yeah, don't let that hinder you. The fact that you think your story is not being presented. And um, if they don't pick you, know that you're in good company. I've submitted many things that they have not selected. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> well, you can make stuff. You, you can, can always create. Make stuff, create. You can put it on YouTube. Make people see create. it. Create. You, you can write. You can make you a can, podcast. You can yes. do a lot of things. You know, this is an era we live in where we don't need you. You know, there are there are gatekeepers, and now there are that that will can say yes or no to bigger production, but you can still make stuff happen. There are fewer gatekeepers, and there's a fact for you to really generate some interest around your project to really sway those gatekeepers so i would encourage you if you feel strongly create make okay i'm off my soapbox this week i am in new york city i'll be here uh, the next uh, few days i've got 10 more shows and then uh, i will be in uh, beautiful sweden it's gonna be great to see the little jj i think that's it guys have a great week you can do it <laughs>